folks, one of the Redneck Country Podcast. You're on with Real Redneck Tom Millard. And of course, we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? I am here, and uh, it's a beautiful night for a podcast. It is a beautiful night. I don't even know if it's a beautiful night for a podcast. I haven't gone outside yet. <laughs> One uh, of these days, you're actually going to have to check outcide to see if I'm telling you a tale or it's actual truth. My but man, is this is Canada podcast. in winter. I will let you yeah. know come May. <laughs> Yeah, I've got my flannel on today. I'm good. <laughs> your your flannel, your flannel, flannel pajamas. <laughs> yes, the overcoat here. The yeah. overcoat. Oh, Wait, flannel overcoat. What is yeah, that? Of course. That's my that's my uh, Barry tuxedo here. <laughs> I got my Barry tuxedo on. I've got my my uh, trapper's hat, and I've got my flannel jacket on, and I've got my ripped up uh, Carhartt pants and Crocs. And Crocs, the ever so warm Crocs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not well, the furry not ones. Got that. Yeah, well, they're furry lined. That's for sure. Oh, but, they are furry uh, lined. So you do absolutely. have the warm ones. Yeah. So now everybody's got that mental picture and wants to turn the radio off. Please stay tuned. <laughs> it will get better. I it's, promise you. It's just the two thousands version of Doug and Bob McKenzie sitting up there. Yeah. <laughs> Take off, yeah, eh? hoser. Yeah, hoser. <laughs> and Dad has no clue what we're talking about. And of course, yeah. sitting beside me, as always, is the patriarch of Redneck Country, my father, real Redneck Don Millard. That is your Mike Hot. Merry Christmas. Holy Jesus. And I had to do that. That blew my ears off. Did you? What was that? I had to do that. And I know what you're talking about. And I just bought a pair of furry inside sketchers. But regardless <laughs> from that, I had to say Merry Christmas because this will be the last podcast anyone hears before Christmas. So I yeah, have to give I guess a, so too, I, eh? Yeah, I wanted to say Merry Christmas, Bill. And I wanted Merry to say Christmas to you too. Mer- Thank you. I wanted to say Merry Christmas to Jay. And I know he'll be listening to the podcast right after it's released. So Jay, you have a good Christmas. And I wanted to say hi to a few more people. I wanted to say hi to Brian Moore. I wanted to say hi, Merry Christmas to Pond Predator, Muller Chokes, and of course Bill Vokes, Scott, Michael, and Bob <laughs> Lilly. And I'm a little bit disappointed. Now, now what I mean, if you forget somebody? What if you don't have them on the list? Now you're going to get, this is why I don't wish people on Facebook happy birthday. And everybody that I forgot. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I, oh. There's the underline. I wanted to say happy birthday. Wait, 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 wait. He could get away with that because if you know him, he forgets. <laughs> he might have screwed up somebody's name four times and they was like, yeah, that's me. And Merry Christmas, Rick. <laughs> he actually said Merry Christmas to four, the same person four different times right there in his mind. <laughs> And Merry Christmas to Rick, and that covers the whole deer crew. So, so there we go. And, and I know we pulled off a really a real coup this year because when uh, I made two trips to to Richmond Hill in secret, Todd didn't know, and we were able to we were able to get uh, uh, the hide to Todd for his birthday in time. The hide that you tanned, and he had no clue what happened. The only thing I regret about that is that I got to wish you a Merry Christmas in person, shake your hand, wish your wife Candace a Merry Christmas and your daughter Violet and her Merry Christmas right back to me. And Todd missed that face to face Merry Christmas this year. But sure I mean, did. Yeah. we kept it a secret. Some so things a are a Christmas miracle. Yeah. yeah. 
it's, it's an absolute Christmas yeah. miracle, and it was it was good to see you. Yeah, for and, sure. And it was good and, that you left Todd at home. Yeah. That, well, that's what I would say. That's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> and of course, you hear the intro every opening and every close. I have to say, Merry Christmas to Les Thomas, the best uh, guitar player I know. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. Go. And Agreed. hopefully you got everybody because that's the HR other duties as required uh, caveat there of and everybody I've missed. All the other people. Yeah. All the other people. All the other people. <laughs> yes. So Merry Christmas. Oh, I'm looking at my Christmas tree up. My It's my dad's birthday today. So we're wishing him a, a happy birthday today on podcast uh, recording. So I think that's that's all our, our shout outs, isn't it? Oh, or you got a you got a couple times. I could go on. This is why I don't wish people happy birthday nope. on Facebook. I mean, we got so many, well, and then people I, that I message like, "Dad, a happy birthday!" Oh, absolutely, today. sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I do happy birthday, Mister Tom. I'm glad you <laughs> raised at least one manly kid. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Sorry, Jay. I was going with Polly. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, and he's not even uh, the brother by blood. But blood, blood relative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, but our, our regular like uh, there's regular listeners, and I can't cover them all that message us. And I know Pachinski Winchester on Facebook is his name. I won't say his real name out loud, but but he's always commenting on our on our Facebook and that. And of course, Wendy Hinton he can't can't forget Wendy and from the Gun Club. Everybody at the Gun Club. I mean, that's just that's just a given. And I should say uh, Merry Christmas to Chrissy Crane, who ratted me out. Saw me and Bill Volk having <laughs> lunch in Woodstock on our way back with the hides and immediately texted Todd. Now, Todd figured it was a gift of some kind, so he just kept quiet. He shut up until he actually got the gift, but he didn't tie it together. So it still was a surprise. I didn't want to. But, I like gifts being yeah, secretive. But, but Chrissy and her family are still dear to my heart. And Chrissy, if you saw me, you should have stopped me and, and talked to me. So bah humbug, <laughs> but Merry Christmas anyway. <laughs> Very good. Oh my gosh, there's so many. I know we're forgetting people, and I, I got yeah. some in my head right now. I'm not even saying. So if 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 I didn't say your name, you, you know it. Like uh, and all the Redneck Country crew. I mean, we're gonna have somebody on later today, Sasquatch, right? And and everybody that there's so many tied to Redneck Country, you can't even say it. Sandra from the Gun Club, like it, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah, I did see you two on uh, Facebook going head to head this week. <laughs> so. Is it my turn to go first then? Yeah, well, why not? Let's just have a conversation. Okay, so so Charlie beat me in the shoot-off for the two-week win, right? Back-to-back weeks. We tied, and then you got to shoot-off the next week. And so he beat me. He went 75 straight. And so then this week, it was, okay, it's my turn again. You can win two. And I've won one. And now Charlie beat me in the shoot-off. I'm like, okay, this is going to be my week. So I was ready to rock and roll. And, and had a bunch of buddies from the other gun club show up that we haven't shot with in, in a long time. And so they messaged me, Jeff, <laughs> Merry Christmas to Jeff Lords. Jeff messaged me and said, hey, Todd, he says, uh, we're going to the gun club tonight. You want to go? I'm like, dude, I haven't missed a Wednesday night. So they showed up. So it was good. So my mind wasn't necessarily in it because I was back into social Todd and tour. Right. Tor showed up. Does that ever go away? Social (laughs) touch? Well, if it does, I might shoot well. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, my head's not in the game. I'm having too much fun. And that to me is what it's all about. And Trevor and Colt. It was like yeah, old home Dan. week. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was good. We were having hot dogs around the fire. Tor's son was there. Like, it was a good time. But anyway, so 
I, I, yeah, it was social. I wasn't, my head wasn't in the game. So the first round, Charlie had me by, by one or two. I can't remember. And I'm thinking, oh, so I knew what I had to do. I had to run them to, to, to win on my second 25. And so I went out the minute I dropped one. Okay. I tied. And so it was just, I don't know. My, my head wasn't in it. So after that, Sandra was shooting beside me and I, so she was already down a bunch and I said, you know what? Let's see how fast we can hit these instead of actually <laughs> doing, I want <laughs> how fast can you? So dude, I, I mean, when you hit them that hard, that fast, right out the house under the lights, they are puff balls. Cause your pattern is a fist coming out. Like it, it, it can't be much more than five inches. I mean, it's just solid. It's the size of the target. So I was right on the house, just ready to pounce. Well, when you do that, you're going to miss a bunch. So sure. yeah, both, you're snapping up. Yeah. So we both shot crap, but she, she actually ended up tying me. <laughs> Yes. So kudos to Sandra, which was awesome. awesome. Yeah, because she was snapping them, just hammering them. Like, and I I say that like, oh, what? She can't tie you, Todd? No, absolutely. But of course she can. She shoots well. Oh, she does shoot well. But I shoot. I do that more than her, like more often than most people, because a, it's fun. But b, you get confidence because you learn how fast you can actually shoot them. Then when you go back out and you slow yourself down, it feels so much easier, and you have that confidence because when you do hit them that fast you ink ball them and so now you slow down a little bit and you're still shooting quicker because you realize how quick you can hit them so i like to do it from time to time so i do do that so i'm i'm I'm, I'm accustomed to it i know where to hold my gun to snap at them and hammer them like that versus a full swinging through and all that jazz because you're you're pretty much spot shooting at that at that point but but so i played that game once or twice before oh it's 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 a blast so we went toe to toe i mean we were making ink balls she would impress me so we tied so uh the gentleman that wrote the article in the national firearms what what was that magazine the Na- canadian firearms canadian is that what it's called canadian firearms journal i think i have it sitting right here well he doesn't believe me it is you Can- gotta go look yeah i got it right here canadian firearms journal so oh, Jeff- I, that's kind of what i said that's good. i'm glad <laughs> yeah. you confirmed <laughs> merry christmas bill yeah you, you were right <laughs> yeah, thank you i yeah. wrapped that one up for you and, and blind and- mouse finds a piece of cheese every now and then yes. i think he said it six times in his head before it finally came out <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, you're just getting reverb. So Canadian Firearms Journal, he wrote a magazine, he wrote an article and, and you're in it. Uh, and your your picture's in there and that for the Redneck Country um, Shotgun Clinic that we did, yep. at, that we do, or we did for, I don't know, six years, five years, six years. So so it, he wrote the article, he showed up. And so he's like, he showed up late and they're like, wow, we're already done. Like all the squads for the competition. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, you're going to shoot. And he's like, Todd, are you going to shoot? And I'm like, man, how can I not go out to this guy? Like let him shoot by himself. So I said to Sandra, all right, let's go shoot off time. Let's rock and roll. So uh, we, we finished five and dad was standing right over my shoulder. Like if you can hear him when he breathes into the mic here, yeah. I, I, that's right. That's what I can. And I'm thinking, what are you trying to do? I'm already on pins and needles. I got the guy that wrote the magazine article that he calls because he also writes for Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters. And he calls me on other articles as a source as well, right? Like, do you think going to the gun club will improve waterfowl shooting and stuff like that? Right. And okay. What aspects of it will, and what aspects will hinder? And, 
and so I give him that information. So here he is on the line. So I've got that I've got to compete with that he also took a clinic. Then I got Sandra that tied me, and then I got Dad over my shoulder breathing down my neck. So this is the most stressful round of I'm, trap. I'm filming it live. So after five, I thought, well, I might as well embrace this freaking crap. So I handed him my phone and just hit the live button and handed it to him. So he he was filming. So that's what you saw, Bill. And and so. Yeah, Sandra cracked under pressure. She did. A oh, bit she folded that. like a cheap lawn chair. And I, don't know if you knew this. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but your mom watched the whole thing. It must have been must have went on five minutes. Or my five minutes. mom? Yeah, she watched. Well, not my mother. That's for yeah. sure. Well, I don't know. I was on there. I mean, what well, more yeah, reason I is there? That's why she's <laughs> that for sure. I went I home so. and that was the first thing my <laughs> wife mentioned. She said, were you filming that? I said, yep. Or whatever you call Could it. Could you not hear him breathing? That, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's a nice story you got there, by Darth the way. Vader is holding the, holding the, the camera. <laughs> I just kept looking back going, you'll never be my father. That sweater. <laughs> Tell them who's the sweater that belonged to. My sweater? Oh, that's my grandfather. I love that sweater. Let me tell you. I like that, too. That's so, a nice sweater. Well, while you're, while you're shooting in the... It's tough to find a jacket that you can wear in the winter. And like anybody listening to us in the States, you think you get cold weather and you're like, man, it's cold and we're shooting out there. In Canada, we get cold weather. Like registered shoots shut down because nobody wants their average going down yeah, from shooting in the cold weather. I don't care. But a lot. So they just, they just stop registered shoots. So these are the little mini competitions that we do and little inner club leagues and stuff like that. But you've got to figure out how to stay what, because you got your, your trap gun that you've put all this money into to make the stock fit for registered shoots, right? Like when it counts. So now put a foot and a half uh, of clothing between your shoulder and the gun. It just doesn't fit right. And I mean, it, nope. and it's cold and windy. So you either freeze and get your gun to fit, but you're not going to shoot good because you're freezing or you wear all the clothes and you're comfortable, but you're not going to shoot good because you're wearing way too many freaking clothes and the gun doesn't mount right. It doesn't come out right. right? Your so, face the same way. So I do have a strap. I got that stock, that precision fit stock on there that is like every which way you can dream about adjusting it. So I did shorten it a bit and then I put on, I, I layer up like I would bow hunting. So under armor layers, base layers, and then I put a wool sweater and then I put that cow sweater that you've seen. And that sweater was my grandfather's that he wore day in and day out for more than a decade, dad, maybe maybe 20 years, 30. I don't know how long he grandmother made it for him. His wife made it for him. Yeah. My grandma, my, my grandmother made that sweater for my grandfather. And so I got Mm. it. Now, the reason I like it for shooting is because it doesn't have a collar. All these shooting jackets, you can get a browning yeah, shooting jacket. Like the, the it's got a collar. friggin' collar. Who made oh, a shooting jacket with a collar? Try to put a shotgun up to your cheek no, with a collar on it. catches on that collar. You got to oh. turn that collar inside out. Or it, uh, it gets it in between your stock and the cheek and the collar's no, there or like it, it bunches up. Like, it's just stupid. So this, that knitted sweater has a rolled collar. And like, it's a, it's a jacket. It zips up. So it has a rolled collar that starts on the shoulder and rolls around. And then I can flip it up on my back of my neck and it stops the wind. Like, it, it's just perfect. I tell you what, if my grandmother was still alive today, I'd be having her knit me shooting jackets. We'd have redneck country shooting vests yeah, or sh- shooting jackets. But she did ask Todd one year, what do you want for Christmas? I want a toque. Oh, that's pretty easy to make. He says, no, I want a toque that has the top comes off your head for four feet in the tassel. I still have on, it. She sat down and did one. Did one. It I still got cool. it. I got two. I got two. And yeah. they matched my Chicago Bulls starter jacket. My big puffy. Oh, yeah. That's my puffy jacket. Day. And that toque went right. down to the back of my legs, down, down to my knees. 
I tell you though, the, the, my grandmother, when she was alive, uh, she knit me um, a sweater. You know, she knit a couple of them, or lots of them, as I uh, uh, my lifetime. But I still, every time I go deer hunt, that. Uh, wool sweater I put on it's got a rolled over collar like you got I mean it's not for the same races it just keeps me warm but I tell you nothing beats a homemade wool sweater oh, a wool knit sweater for, warm. for warmth and comfort it's awesome yeah. I tell you what and yeah, I, the sweater I, you, under you it my grandmother to... also knitted for my grandfather so I'm wearing it both sweaters are are knitted by my grandmother and they are they are awesome warm wool yeah. oh, I tell them, you what so I'm gonna go out on a limb I might get in trouble for this but mm. it, it's a lost art I think like do you know anybody that still knits wool sweaters like that like it's not as common no. as it was back in the day and there's two dying things that i am really concerned about funeral oh. sandwiches and knitted sweaters possibly <laughs> the two best things in this planet and 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 i'm really worried about funeral sandwiches like i'm not sure if my wife could make step up and make a funeral sandwich and there is nothing better tasting than a funeral sandwich Tell me, they make the little. Well, I tell you, that's my grandmother when uh, was on that church committee that she'd get the phone call and have, you know, she'd whip up two, three loaves of these funeral sandwiches and and they go over to the 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 funeral home and put them out there at the church for after the uh, the the service and yeah, funeral sandwiches. You could eat about forty five of those things because they cut them so small you don't realize how many sandwiches you freaking ate. Yeah, and it's genius, and I think it's a lost art. It was like it to me, and I get in trouble when I say at church it, when there's no funeral. There, they like the the women get together and, and forgive me, the women. But it is, it's true. It is what it is. Hey, I just tell it how it is. Um, they get together, make sandwiches every now and then, and they'll be like, after church, we're gonna have sandwiches, and I'm like, funeral sandwiches. They're like, Todd, you can't call them that. We're just at church. They're just sandwiches. <laughs> no, 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 no. These are funeral sandwiches. You only ever get these at funerals. I tell you what, and it, I I think. It's because the, the women, what else do they have to prove? They've lived life. They've gone through it. This is their last hurrah. I have nothing well, left to prove, but the fact that I can still. If anyone of our listeners wants to find Todd Millard, <laughs> his, his address is, you can contact and, him and here. And bring me funeral because, sandwiches. I may need them for my oh, own. I just put them in the yeah. casket with me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just signed your own fate there. And yeah, I've um, said you this. are on a limb on your own on that one. <laughs> you're, you're walking away. Dad's not saying a word. I've said this to them. At I said, look, I, I get it because what else? What else is there? left they they it's their thing they they want to prove to you that they can still make a funeral sandwich now my concern is the next generation my wife has never made a funeral sandwich that i know and now i'm well, getting then, worried that well wait a minute are funeral sandwiches going away is this going to be an issue it's something to and, think about and knitting those two things you're going to teach your wife how to make sandwiches and knit at the same time I'd like to pull up a chair, have some popcorn, and watch this show because I'm telling you. When I even you, mention it, when I even bring it up, why did you wait just till, get quiet? Wait till there? she unwraps. Yeah, right. I'm talking lower now. Wait till she unwraps her Christmas gifts. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna I love did. her mop, her knitting needles, and a sandwich tray. <laughs> I told you, I bought my wife's vacuum cleaner for Christmas one year, and you're still married. Yep, happily married. Yeah, I bought my first wife a vacuum one year for. <laughs> yeah. I don't have carpets in the house anymore. We got hardwood floors, but you know. <laughs> oh, and that was the year you bought the really comfy couch. <laughs> That's it. I've got good furniture. So, <laughs> so anyway, that was pretty much my week. I mean, really, yeah, I went to the gun club. I mean, we're getting ready for Christmas, so we did the shopping thing and, yeah. and all that crazy stuff. But that's not. You know what? Nobody wants to hear about that. They had to do it themselves. That's it. The gun club. That's where I went this week too. I got my gun back. 
again after being busted a and second time. I hadn't heard. You yeah, know, you didn't tell me. Well, so you had a crack stock. Well, no, I had a, the adjustable comb. The insert that the adjustable comb mounts into the the stock um, just the screws stripped and and I could not get it to to tighten up without having to do some heavy surgery on it. And I said, you know what, I'm not up to what it's going to take. So I gave it back to Frank, and uh, Frank took took it to Bert. Bert, who is the uh, president of the Oshawa Gun Club, was also. I guess I don't know. Gunsmith is is that the right? Is he a gunsmith? Yeah, well, I mean, to to me, I, I guess now you can go get your ticket and be like a gunsmith. But the gunsmiths I know were just self-taught old school boys that know how to fix guns because they just took it upon themselves to figure it out. So I call him gunsmith. Yeah, and he did a great job. I mean, he did uh, last time the, the gun uh, needed some repairs, uh, the firing pins and springs and stuff. You did that. And it feels like a new gun when you open it now. Like the ejectors. <laughs> if you're right in the forehead, was- knock you out. <laughs> Well, I was playing with Violet the other night with the uh, a snap caps on the inside. I, you know, I was doing my mounting drills in the in the living room, and Violet was sitting on the couch, and I was getting her to catch them as they were coming out because they're firing so far back now. <laughs> but, that's but like that, me when I clean my gun; I can never catch yeah. them. Right. Um, so that's it's, it so never that never happens. happens. <laughs> no. So I gave it to uh, I gave it to to Bert uh, through Frank and, and I got it back on Saturday and Saturday was snowing and blowing and cold and welcome we to out. Canada and and, and, uh, and 22 or 23 yeah buddy see that's decent in this weather and people don't get that I applaud you Bill yeah well I tell you by the last five I ran the last five the only thing that messed me up I ran 15 straight uh, you know I started on station three four, five, I ran those ones. I got to station one and the mic was full of snow. So mentally, it didn't matter to me. I don't care. I, I, I hit the first, uh, I called pull on the first one. Target came out. I blew the, uh, uh, smashed the target. At this point in time, it was just Frank and I on the line because his uncle walked off the line because his gun that was supposed to be fixed didn't work and he was getting frustrated because it was the, the firing pins, they were hitting the shell but not hard enough for it to go off. And the third time that happened, his uncle said, enough, and he walked off the line. So now it's just Frank and I, right? And, uh, and I get on the station one and I yell, pull, nothing, pull, nothing, pull, nothing. <sighs> Now I'm getting frustrated. They don't tend to pick up women's voices very well, do they? I noticed that when we're shooting. How do they come for you all the time? Yeah, right. Exactly. I think you just answered. I think you just proved my point. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you on fire tonight. Drink yourself a coffee before you go shoot some trap. Now put that tea down, and you might get some targets. Yeah, the tough guy carries a, carries a big buddy beside him when he's on the line in the winter. Yeah, no this doubt. is Canada, sure folks. You do what you got to do. Takes out of his hair and the nail and, and his, his nails done first, right? I tell you what, that, that big buddy heater, it, it's key to staying warm on the line. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, so I get the, I, I get the, the station one and, and it's full of snow and I got thrown off by the first one that wouldn't uh, wouldn't release, and I yelled at it, which I don't typically do, uh, you know. And it went out, and I missed. And now I'm frustrated. This sounds second, like an excuse, Bill. It was because it, I mean, it's in my head now. And the second one uh, did the same thing. The one right after that uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't release. So now I had to adjust the mics and 
And so I missed two in a row and, uh, uh, I hit the rest and I got to the uh, station number two and I dropped one and then I, I ran the rest, but it was, I couldn't feel my fingers <laughs> on, on, on the last station station. Station two, I guess, is, is where uh, I finished up. But man, oh man, it was cold. And I had these gloves I thought were good enough. And anyways, but we only shot one round. I proved to myself the gun works. Uh, the operator still. So is it a new stock? Problem. Or did they fix nope. fix the nope, post? I was going to, yeah, no, we talked about a little bit that I was going to uh, potentially get a new stock if this one didn't fit or wasn't able to be repaired. But he, uh, Bert, was able to make it work. And good, good. uh Good, good, Frank good. said, if you need to replace this stock, you need to get a new uh, bolt because he had to make a modification to it for it to fit uh, fit uh, the, the uh, adjustment that he made to it. But I love it. It, it feels good. I uh, adjusted it just a little bit to, to fit my face a little bit better. And I am ready to rock and roll. Apparently, so. smashing them like that. That's good news. We had one, Wasn't of, those, bad. We had yep. one of those stubborn mics Wednesday night on station three bill bill couldn't get it dad's buddy bill i said the same thing to him i said bill you gotta sound like a man that mic is ph balanced for a man he's yelling at it and carrying on he was and and i walked over just a minute just a minute bill he walked over stood by bill and he goes pull and out came the target everybody was howling but bill i'm standing there watching and bill goes pull no target he's holding the gun he doesn't move it pull no target. He doesn't move it. Paul! Yeah. No target. He doesn't move the gun. He keeps his shoulder. Paul! No target. He puts the gun down. Paul! Paul! I walked. I said, Bill, 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 hold on, hold on. I walked over. I stood beside him and just went, Paul. <laughs> the target goes out. <laughs> I said, that mic's pH balanced for a man. <laughs> I said, you might need to just use your manly voice. You and I walked back. Everybody was roaring, but I thought Bill was going to shoot me. <laughs> you should shoot with a growler when you get one of those stubborn ones. He starts he starts yelling at it. And Are you afraid of me? Calling call it an expletive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't Come say Come out the of there, you expletive target. Come out of there. You... There you go, you expletive, expletive, expletive. And he's he's aiming and shooting the with, whole time. He's the still yelling. With the gun and he's still yelling and <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. at and he, it. And he's swinging and shooting at the same time. He's still yelling at it, calling it all kinds of names. <laughs> it was it was on a lot, the line in Hamilton, the last in Inner County. We had a stubborn mic, and the guy yells, pull, nothing, pull, nothing. Please, and the target came out. <laughs> we were all killing ourselves on the line. <laughs> oh, kind of all looked like, did he just say please <laughs> for that, that target? <laughs> but man, I was. It just messed with my head. You know, you get into a little rhythm when everything's oh, going, dude. Uh, things are coming, and mentally, that's that's still my my it, thing, right? Break no, no, I just. I'm not strong enough mentally for that yet. I'm the to, same. To let that just go. You watch that video. I was smashing them and dad recording. And the one you seen me miss, I was out there. I yell, pull. Charlie turned the mic off. And I yell, pull, and no target. And I don't, okay, the mic didn't pick me up. Charlie goes, I turned it off to see if you'd move the gun. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, did I move the gun? I, actually, I heard you. He, and he I goes, heard you say and, that. And I watched the video like 48 times. I don't think I moved the gun. You that moved was, the gun. That was. Did I move were, it? You moved the gun. You, you you were predicting that target to go to the soft right. right. My the memory right. Me. Just a little bit. Yeah. I, I know I yes, was. Yes, you but, moved but it. But I was right because the next target that came out was soft right. And yeah. I hammered it. So he's like, I was just, and I'm like, oh, so the target right after that. Now I'm thinking, all right, 
If Charlie thinks I was moving it, don't move the gun at all. Hold it still. I yelled, pull, that target went, and I didn't even move the gun. No, nope, you went, didn't move it at all. To, I'm like, I blame Charlie. I'm like, screw you guys. I'm going back to what I was doing because I, I, I might be uh, a little, what do you call it, psychic? I knew where those targets were going to go. That's why I was yeah. hammering them. Until the time it didn't go where you wanted it to go. <laughs> I've done that too. But yeah, he broke all. me. He broke me. Start it right, and then it goes to the left. <laughs> what do you remember? Oh, you, you remember all those times. You don't remember oh, your yeah. bad scars, your bad scars. You remember, you remember the fun and the laughter you have and kidding around, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, we had a, a good time. I'm going to go Thursday, too. I got Thursday off work now. Uh, Thursday, Friday, I'm done. So we're going to play hooky, Candace and I. We're going to, uh, from the house, hold chores and activities and hit the gun club on Thursday for one last time for the uh, until Christmas and and uh, see if we can make some ink bowls. So. Right on. Yeah, well, there you go. That's right what on. we did this week. All right. Well, now we're on to, I'm afraid to ask, as normal. Dad, what'd you do this week? Same thing you did. Laughed at you. <laughs> I don't necessarily <laughs> laugh at Wednesday. myself. Just <laughs> yeah, I do. Shopping, <laughs> wrapping Christmas presents, getting ready for Christmas. Yep. No, he's waiting for the dad joke. Usually you get the doing Christmas rap and then he'll break into a rhyme. Yeah. The rap and the, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not an invitation. I, I was to, just stating. I used to do that for the kids. They say, <laughs> how about, you want to rap with me? Sure. Let's do a little Christmas rapping. It was the night before Christmas. And I'll the there you go. Yeah, That's yeah. my childhood, folks. <laughs> and, the kids. and now you know. Yeah, my daughter rolled her eyes at me today or this week, my youngest, because I, I heard a, a dad joke and I told her and I thought she'd think it was funny. And the big kids thought it was funny. <laughs> the joke was, uh, I'll tell you guys because you're big kids, but why do ducks have feathers on their butts? I, I don't know, Bill. To, to cover their butt quack. <laughs> I'm going to use that. There's a dude telling telling dad jokes at hockey. I'm going to use that this week at yeah. hockey. <laughs> that was my dad joke. I thought, and my wife just about he killed herself laughing. I thought I wasn't that funny, but if you think it's funny, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm hilarious. Then <laughs> I still got it. You're good, you're good for my ego. I like that. <laughs> Someone's got to counteract me. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, <laughs> it'll take more than butt quack to to uh, counteract your ego. Somebody laughed at not my ego. I, I mean my beat down of you. I'm glad somebody oh, oh, pumps sir. you up so that I'm yeah. able to break you down. See, it's it's a it, it's a work in progress, and we've actually to come together to build you up. Yep. That's the only way to get better. I, I got yeah, not to sound it. arrogant or nothing. Not to sound arrogant or anything like that, but to, you got to break somebody down in order for them to build back better. I got one. Oh, for your dressing room. I got one for you. You ready? No, oh my gosh. Ready, Bill? I got it. Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Spell. 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 Ooh. My wife has just come downstairs and full dead two heels stop and looks at us and looks down at me and goes, what the flip? <laughs> yes, hey. dad's telling jokes on the podcast. I'll take credit for that one. I apologize for derailing this podcast. For <laughs> Bill, Bill kicked it off with mean? dad jokes, Jen. I'm too young for that crap. Yeah, there you go. So where are we going tonight? <laughs> well, are we all done? Are we all done? Where we What we did this week? We're all good. We got out of the way. 
I think so. So I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we got a gentleman coming on by the name of Sasquatch. I will give his real name after what I, I nicknamed him Sasquatch because the guy's a giant, literally is a giant. And he's been hanging in part of Redneck Country for a long time. I shot bow with him uh, way back in the day, but we hung out. His his wife, if anybody ever followed me on Facebook, now, a funny story before we get him on, his wife it was, before COVID, my hairdresser. And she would actually, because we're all friends and we hang out all the time, did you catch that, Bill? His hairdresser. Yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 he's going a little girly on her. Yeah. Anyway, he's yeah. a little so she would come over and I'd go live on Facebook with Broad because her name's Brittany and I'm Todd. So it would be hair with, with Broad. And it was absolutely ridiculous. I know you've seen some, Bill. And I would just oh, yeah. try the, to the make tinfoil magnets in your head <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah, no, that's good. Furry like a, you didn't get like to see the furry slippers. It's conspiracy theory was happening over there and you needed to put a tinfoil hat on to figure out how to prevent Anyway, the funny part part was I go live every time she cut my hair and, and just try to get her to give some tips and stuff. She hated it, but, but we'd have fun the whole time. And it got to the point where she would go through Tim Horton's drive through on her way in and out of town and she gets stopped. Hey, you're Brittany from broad. (laughs) I thought that was so awesome. But anyway, that was just my little tangent. So we have him. He is the Bowtech. I'll let him introduce himself, but he's a Bowtech. He shot a monster buck this year. And so like, that's his profession is working on bows every day. And then he's a 3d shooter. So I think without further ado, we just bring, bring on the Sasquatch. Absolutely. Okay. Sasquatch. Are you there? Yes, sir. I am here, sir. Bill, we got you still. Oh, I'm here. Yeah. Just the, the elusive Sasquatch. The Sasquatch. The guy's a giant. I'm telling you. So I'll, I'll, I'll do a formal introduction. Evan (laughs) Chappell is the man. So Evan, I gave a little bit of an intro, not much. I called you Sasquatch. And next time I see you, don't punch me, but I called you Sasquatch. And I, I mean, I duck and weave anyway. So yeah, (laughs) I've introduced you. I've said you're a bow tech from that that's pretty much all i've said so you want to take it away on what you do day in and day out what is your profession so that we can set the groundwork before we get into this so what i do for day-to-day fun i don't even call it work i can tell you that much is i work on and fix people's archery equipment so i am officially a bow tech at antler river archery in delaware ontario and that I go from building custom arrows to custom strings, everything. I do custom bow builds for people. They pick out their bow, all their accessories. I'll build it, tune it, and get it shooting perfect. Okay, so that which is so freaking wicked. Like I have a full blown bow press, but I can't even use it. I, I had the you intent. Got a bow press? I do have a full blown bow press. Yeah, he does. Size. It's in the yeah. corner of his garage. How much dust is on that? A lot, because like doing the hide tanning that we talked oh, about, yeah. I was going to get you into had a thought Although, and a dream. I, I actually got the bow press. The problem was, I mean, I can I can do it. What have I done? Um, I changed my peep once. But you didn't get past welcome. <laughs> this is your bow press. The safety is high. I'm done. And I it's not even a cheap one. Like this thing's full blown, like massive 
killer bow press. Like it, it's a giant yeah. and it, it's, yeah. it's on the stand the whole nine yards, but there's so much to it. I was like, I can do this. And I probably, you know, the home person can, but then when you got somebody like Sasquatch that does it day in and day out, and these are such a finely tuned instrument and I'm This is where I'm going to go, Evan. I hope you're prepared because this has yeah. always interest me because my issue is you get the bow and you think, okay, I got it. And you got a paper tune it. And you realize, holy crap, I don't got it. And this is where guys like Evan that do it every day and it, and it becomes like a science. And so now the question is, Todd, do you want to go and work on your bow and then be in the woods and have the confidence that your arrow's flying straight and true? So when you miss that buck, maybe you have an excuse, maybe you don't, or do you want to take it to somebody like Evan and just go here, make this thing perfect. And then you have the confidence that it's not the bow, it's me. So I'm torquing it. I'm doing something now. I've got to, I've got to fix me versus the bow. And I think that is where guys like Evan come in. And so Evan works at Antler River, has cut his teeth in there. Like he is the guy. You go in to get a bow, Evan's the dude and sets it all up. So Evan, somebody picks out a bow and 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 bear with me here. Cause and just so folks know, we're gonna go. Cause Evan, you also, spoiler alert, we're pretty successful in the deer season this year. So we're we're I'm gonna ask you to tell that story too. But first, yeah, walk me through somebody comes in, buys a bow. Now, yep. what do you do? So what I do first is I first start with price point, like more or less, because there's bows out there from your absolute beginners to your advanced shooters to you name it. They probably have done it, right? So you got to ask them, like, what do you want to, how much are you spending? Or is it more, what are you going to use this for? What are you using it for? Yeah, A little bit of both. So it's just like ask them kind of price point and then they give me their price point and then I go to what are we looking to do it for? Are we just looking for recreational or are we looking to hunt with it down the road? And the last two years it's been recreational for right now, but hopefully can hunt with it next year. Like there's been a lot of new hunters coming through the last two years. So just as a a side note on this one, if you were to get somebody who was just getting into hunting and didn't have a whole lot of time to do the practicing and just wanted to get in the woods to mm-hmm. hunt. Would you recommend a compound or a crossbow? <laughs> usually on that note, I ask them, it's like, do you have time? That's usually another question I ask right off the hop. Do you have time to really put in the practice? Do you judge them first they, though? Do you look and well, say, hold on. how old are they? No. Are they male? Are they female? Oh, are, <laughs> no. Do they drink tea or do they drink coffee? <laughs> no, none of that. None of that. We're in a non-judgmental like, like environment. Evan's got to be straight laced, right? He's already said where he works. Oh, uh, absolutely <laughs> none of that. Are they cocky <laughs> and arrogant, or are they normal guys? <laughs> oh no, I get some. I get some of the cocky ones, but I like. I can shut them down real quick. That's easy enough. <laughs> Thank That's you, easy. Todd. Perfect customer. We're sending Todd right off. Cut him off before he gave his answer. What, what, what would your answer to that question be? And if you need that, to mute Todd's mic, go ahead. Yeah, so Bill, for that answer is, I ask them that question. It's like, do you have time? If they say no, then I, I direct them straight to crossbow. That is just how it is. It's like, if you don't have the time to put in the effort to have a good shot, there's, truthfully, there's no point. Like, if you're going to hunt with it, there's no point. If you don't have the time to get good at it or have, like, 
feel the confidence with it, go straight to crossbow. Yeah, you know if you're you have that season or something, or you get it, and you want to get something in September, or you don't have enough time to put into shooting, and you want to just get in the woods and get some hunting done, crossbow yep. would be where you go. Yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, crossbow, no, truth me for myself, I'm not a crossbow person at all. It's just like I probably will never shoot one unless I can't pull my bow back. That's the only day that will come down to it. But other than that, the crossbow is a pure hunting tool. That's what it's for. If there you that's go. strictly you sight it in just like your rifles and that once you know it's sighted in it you're done so it's a pure hunting tool i like that it's foolproof and, they're, foolproof. and the rate that these crossbows are coming out now it's, they're almost like rifles it's ridiculous yeah so if you were going down the route for for a compound somebody wants to get into the uh the shooting world and, and what did you call that todd the uh we we're talking about with wendy there the uh <laughs> Are you baiting me again? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Amnesia's kicking in, Bill. I, I, I think it's yeah. <laughs> Alzheimer's from by, by the, osmosis. The Dad's sitting I'm beside sorry. me. Yeah. <laughs> the says if you wanted to get into the lifestyle, it, it, it's the, the compound you have to go. So if you were it introducing is because somebody. You're going to get bored with a crossbow like a rifle. I got rifles. I shoot them once a year. So if you want to do like to me, if you're going to buy a bow, it's because you want it as a hobby. You want to get into the lifestyle. You want to shoot that thing every week. You want something to do. So that's why you're spending that kind of money. That's my theory. And then it's a, it's a challenge and it's an accomplishment, right? You've got, you've got good with it. There's lots to do. Lots you can do with the comments. So, so now that you've got somebody that's just looking for a bow, what, what are you, what are you looking at for them? How do you, how do you get them into into their first setup? Well, first thing I look for is what dominant eye it is. Because everybody always comes in, I'm right-handed. Yeah. I'm like, that means just like a shotgun nothing. coach, right? I don't care what hand you are, what's your dominant eye. Yeah. That's what matters. Yep. Yeah, because we we'll do less like we do lessons there too. Like we'll go through and teach you how to shoot, have fun with like family nights and stuff like that. But yeah, if you don't know what dominant eye you are. I give you a little eye test to figure it out. And then usually if you're right-handed, but also you're a left-eye dominant person, I usually have to argue with you a little bit. It's like, no, you have to shoot this way. It's going to feel awkward, <laughs> but it's going to work. Yeah. I'm a, trust me. I'm, I'm the rule. And do you teach people to shoot with two eyes or one? Um, I kind of go with for newbies. I kind of tell them to shoot kind of what's comfortable at first. But I do, as we go on, I'm like, you will get better and more accurate with two eyes open than one. Is that true? Because you, with, with archery, you can see your depth perception a lot easier than you can with one. So if you could literally look at a target with both eyes open, then all of a sudden you close one eye, it's like, okay, I can't quite get that depth perception exactly right. So it kind of throws it off. Some people, it's just natural to close one eye. Yeah, I'm yeah. A, I'm one eye. I close my one eye when I shoot bow. I, so I wouldn't even matter, dream dude. about shooting with two eyes. Is that true? I've never no, even thought either. about shooting with two yeah. eyes. So I should give it a try. I, I shoot everything two eyes open. I shoot two eyes open for my bow, for shotgunning. Let, let's be honest, Evan. crossbows, you're, you're rifles, get, everything. You're getting older now, so you actually shoot with four eyes. Yeah, yeah, you can call it whatever you want. You're joining through anyway. Yeah, he's the odd one out. All three of you guys shoot with four eyes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm left eye dominant. 
and uh, I shoot my bull with my right eye. Yeah, so you just close your left eye. That's it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't feel. Uh, it would feel weird pulling the bull back in the opposite way. I shot my compound for so long this way. It would feel weird switching over. Yeah, but oh, yeah, it definitely. It totally would. I I can shoot both ways, but that's just me. I can play around with it, and I can get good at both ways. Oh, there you go. So I can so shoot left or right. So, I mean, left-handed bows are not as common no. as right-handed bows either. That was to say, my son is left-eye dominant, and he had a hard time when we were first getting him in archery because he couldn't wink. So I had to put a patch over his eye because <laughs> we bought him a PSC mini burner. Yeah, he was a, he was a pirate at an early stage. But funny, funny dad joke, real quick. A little, little quick tangent. What is a pirate's favorite letter? Oh, uh, go ahead, Todd. I'll, I'll leave this one. Oh, come on, Evan. What's a pirate's favorite letter? I ain't biting. <laughs> Dad, uh-huh. you think it's the R, wouldn't you, matey? But it's not. It's the C. <laughs> okay, carry on. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> See, told you I wasn't biting. Yeah, oh, I wasn't indulging him either. So. <laughs> Yeah, so we had we had a PSC mini burner from uh, when my daughter was young and she first started shooting, and it was right handed. So in, instead of buying a second bull, we just put a patch over his eye and he shot right right handed for for a few years there. For the you know, the odd time that we would shoot out in the backyard here, but mm-hmm. <laughs> right on. Okay, so so you've asked them what's your price point? Then what do you plan on doing with it? You've navigated them to a crossbow if they're going to be a non-hobbyist or lifestylist, yep. as I like to say. So once that's done, now you've got the price point. So you know the bow range and you got to explain to them. It's not just the bow. Now you need a sight, a rest, a release, and arrows. Right? Do people quiver? at the price point when they start to add that up thinking, Oh, I was here. Now I've got to go here. No, they just need a quiver. Yeah. You see, was, I'm, was I'm covered with joke? it folks. I was waiting You're for terrible. someone to pick that you know, up. This is my fault. Do I they take quiver? total blame for this. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but seriously, how does that conversation go? Evan? cause they probably go, okay, I got this much to spend. So then you've got to do the math and you've got to take that into account, right? Yeah. You can go with a uh, ready to shoot ball as they're called, or you get that high end ball. And that, so you can pick out. And but I usually do most of the math in my head real quick once I figure out everybody's price point and kind of what they're looking to spend. Just because I do it so often, I can kind of figure out. So I always tell everybody, on top of your price of your bow and everything, you're going to spend additional hundred and like seventy bucks roughly for to release your arrows. Because we always tell everybody the two things you never want to cheap out on when you get into it is a good quality rest and a good quality release. Those two things will help you be a lot more accurate for a long time over you just thinking, oh, I'm gonna get these high-end arrows and these things are gonna be what gonna help me shoot better or this high-end sight with all this micro adjusting and everything like that. I sight to sight, they all do the same thing. Arrows, difference between those is just straightness quality. I was going to say, does that play a big role? Zero, zero, one versus zero, zero, five versus like, do you see a big difference? I know the competition guys want like the zero, zero, zero ones or whatever. Yeah. I was going to say for your average hunter, all your, all your average arrow for hunting are zero, zero, three. 
The gotcha. guys that get the zero zero ones, those are like your DIY, like arrow builders, tuners, tournament shooters, stuff like that. I got gotcha. you. So it really doesn't matter too much because most of the arrows that we always kind of recommend for newbies are usually the Eastern Power Flights, which are between a zero zero three and or lower, like. Cause they're a little bit cheaper of an arrow. Cause we always say, you're always going to break them. <laughs> you're going to lose, lose them. them. <laughs> you're going to lose so, them. <laughs> it's going to be easier on your pocket. If that way, instead of you buying like a high end arrow, say like uh, Easton FMJ full metal jackets or Easton access or stuff like that, which run at like 120, 110 for like half a dozen. That's what I shoot. If Easton you break access. them and lose them when you're just starting, it's just like, well, damn, this kind of hurts my pocketbook. Now yeah. I don't really have the funds to keep yeah. buying arrows you, like that. You blow over the target on a, on one of those and you, you start to feel it a little bit. Oh. Yeah. So with, with that, do you, for fixed pins or are you uh, like a pendulum Ooh, site or the age old question? You, are you going with what you recommend, Bill? Is that what you're going to, you're going to pick his brain yeah. on what would you, what would you recommend right. a fixed pin or a, Oh, yeah. I've got a couple. What would you type recommend? Uh, so, so we're talking a single kind of pin person. or a fixed three versus five pin versus. So what, uh, the single pin for those that don't know, and maybe Evan, you could probably elaborate on this better because I don't have yep. a, a, a single pin, but a single pin, you've got to move on yep. on a three yep. or a five pin or a seven pin, depending on how, how far back you want to start walking. Um, they're fixed. So it's your 20 yard, 30 yard, 40 yard, 50 yard, 60 yard, 70 yard pin, or however you want to set them. But what, yeah, what, what is your recommendation? So usually my recommendation is I always ask, it's like, do you plan on doing any hunts abroad? Like, are you planning on hunting outside of Ontario type of thing? Cause Ontario here, most hunters shouldn't be shooting maximum. I'd say 40 yards at a target anyways for hunting. If you do, it's just like, you hope you got like a clear shot. Cause that's, or your name's, that's a good, or your name's Todd Millard, but carry on. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, exactly. I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant or anything, but, exactly. but carry on. Yeah. So I don't even get me talking on his technique. It's terrible. Yeah. So, but yeah, then it goes into, cause if you're just staying in Ontario to hunt, I say your standard three or four pin works best. Cause then you got your 20, 30, 40, 50. It gives you a decent amount of yardage to play with during the summertime when you're practicing with the boys out at the farm or in the backyard or whatever. But if you plan on doing those Western hunts and stuff like that for mule deer, elk, or anything like that, we usually will go to a single pin or as it's called a fixed pin hybrid. So it has your fixed pins, but you have the ability to dial it past your, what your max pin is. Hybrid sites are coming very popular just because you still have your fixed and then you can play all the way up to 100 with them. Yeah, a lot of guys think that, that from a fixed pin, the, the disadvantage is it covers up uh, the, your your target, right? Yeah. From above and below, if you're shooting a 30-yard or a 40-yard shot, if you got 50, 60-yard pins, well, that's two pins below, two pins above, and, and now you've covered up a large section of the uh, uh, the area above and below your, your actual target. But, you know, for the fixed pin, or the single pin, I should say, the only advantage, disadvantage to that one, unless you're shooting 3D competition stuff, in my mind, is is the fact that that deer is coming close and you, you don't have enough time to make the adjustment uh, on your 
uh, on your site before that deer you're gets moving. into the range or yeah. something. And you're yeah. Moving. yeah. So you're reaching up, dialing it while your heart's pounding and you're shaking. Everybody thinks that I shoot with a single pin. That's all I use is a single pin for the last, I don't know, five so years. So are you, that, sorry, are you leaving your single pin at like 30 yards and then making the adjustment by holding either high or low, or are you actually moving the pin when that deer comes close? Well, my pin sits right at 20 yards and I know where I need to aim for the different yardages. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I shoot enough that I can put my 20 yard pin. I know where to shoot for our 30 yards, 35 yards, all the way down to even eight yards. So okay. is usually when you get to those, most people don't realize your main 20 yard pin. Once you get to like 60, 65 pounds or even 70 pound bows, your 10, your 20 yard pin works for your 10. But once you get to eight yards, that pin is irrelevant. You can't use it once you hit eight yards you're or less. You're shooting high, right? You're always going to hit high. Yeah, I get burned in a so 3D for tournament. Me, I have to turn my... If you think of my single pin, all of a sudden I'm sitting at 20 and I have anything less than eight yards, I have to turn that dial all the way up to like 65 yards to hit that mark. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. That thing leaves that bow so high. I got burned. My first 3D tournament, they had a like a six-yard squirrel. And I'm like, piece of cake. And I think I took its eyeball out with the when the, the X ring was in its chest. I'm like, what the heck? I put the pin right in the X. Yeah, that's the problem. It came off that bow so hot and so high. So we're at a fixed pin. And then the rest, you want a good rest. I run a QAD Ultra. That's the number one rest that we recommend all Is the it? time. Right on. It's like people will go with different brands like Hamskies, Ripcords, HHA. And stuff like that. But we like the QADs. All of us that work at the shop, we all shoot QAD. I still run QAD on my tournament stuff. So I'm always, I will probably never switch rests. It's, they have like yeah. warranty. Yeah. For, <laughs> I've, you know, I went with the whisker biscuit way back in the day and I stuck with it because I haven't shot compound in such a long time. But that to me, yeah, a, a contained rest. For me, I don't know the, the, the QAD is contained. It's got drop away forks, so it well. comes up and holds yeah. it right. And then when you pull back, that string is attached to your bowstring that uncocks that. So when you draw back, it cocks that the forks. So the minute you release the string, those forks disappear. Yeah, and it's just That's a fall away. I right? changed to that style rest after the whisker biscuit because I, I had just a just a regular fork rest when I first started way back in the day with aluminum arrows and all that stuff before. Yeah, before Those I got into this. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I started with a really cheap release and a, and a whisker biscuit, and at the, I yeah. switched at the same time to a QAD, and I got a, a really good release. And at that time, Mo, my, I could not believe the difference that it made in accuracy getting rid of oh, those yeah, two which things. Which makes more sense because because you're shooting through something with fletchings that is going to either it's going to affect the, the speed. First of all, no question in my mind if yeah, you're having, having that, and then your accuracy because it's not going to come through necessarily the same whiskers the same way you know every time but I, that was what what we started off with back in the day because when you're walking through the bush and, and you got an arrow knocked it, it's pretty frustrating when you lay the bow down sideways and you needed something to keep that arrow contained in for shooting you yeah. know for 3d archery tournaments it's way different but 
for, for hunting purposes, that was the only option that, that I had back then that I could afford anyways. Way back then. Mostly everybody starts with a biscuit. Yeah. Everyone starts with a whisker biscuit. Then. Yeah. No, that's a, it's a, it's a call. Okay. So got all that down now really quickly price points. What is the bare minimum? You'd say a new hunter, somebody that says, you know what? Next year, I'm going to deer hunt. I'm going to get a bow this summer. I'm going to get good, and I'm going to deer hunt. What is the price point, the, the the lowest price point you would recommend spending so that anybody listening that's thinking about this, they know, okay, that's what it's going to cost me to get into a bow to get bow hunting. To get bow hunting, the number one that we always kind of sell is that it's like the Bowtech Amplify. It's like the adult version of the Diamond Edge 320, as I call it. Just because it doesn't go as low in poundage, but it can still adjust. So if you're a new person, this is where I get the ego people. It's like I get these big strapping big guys that like big muscular dudes think they can pull weight like no problem. And don't realize that it's a whole different muscle set. (laughs) Yeah. And they don't realize it's like, what weight can you pull? Oh, I can pull 70 pounds. Give them a 70 pound. They can't move it an inch. And I'm like, okay. Okay, that girl's your ego just out the window. So I had that, they, and, and I took my wife. They always come in with a group of people. My first bow that I ever bought, I walked in and and deer hunter forever with dad and that and black powder, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna bow hunt now. And so I went in and I, and I took at the time my girlfriend, but is now my wife. Hey, she stuck with me after this story. So we walked in and and I don't know, I'm I'm early twenties, maybe 20, 21 in that range somewhere. And so I go in and I said, you know, I want to start bow hunting. And so this kid, he's got to be 15 if he's lucky. And he's like, well, what are you looking for? He's like, I want a Hoyt because that's what Michael Waddell shoots. And so we go and we grab a Hoyt and he whisker biscuits it and everything's like, well, what poundage do you think? I, I don't know. They like, whatever you think, like I'm a 20 something year old man or 20 year old man. So he goes, well, we better start at 40, I think. And, and so he gives me this bow yep. and it will go 40 to 60. And, and so he hands it to me and, and I, I, I go over to their little spot, 10 yard, 10 yard little practice spot so I can pull this back. He knocks an arrow, hands it to me, gives me a release. And I tell you what he, he, when he said it, he pulls this thing back and goes, yep, that's good. And then, and then slowly lets it off. So he had control. So I grab it, arrow knocked. I go to pull this thing back and I darn near pop a spleen. I can't get this. I'm shaking and twitching <laughs> and I don't get it three inches. And he starts laughing. Oh, I wanted to punch him right yeah. on the spot. He starts laughing at me and, he, and I'm like, I looked at him. He's like, I don't know if I can make this go lighter. <laughs> I'm like, what? He goes, I don't know if I got a bow that can go that light that you can still legally hunt deer with. I said, you just get this thing so I can shoot it. So he took it back and he backed those off so much. I mean, you could probably put, there was probably like three inches of gap in there between the riser. And so I get this thing back and I finally can draw it. But let me tell you, you're right. It's a totally different muscle set. After two weeks of maybe, maybe, you know, three, four arrows a day, I could tighten her back down a bit. And I got her back up to like 42 pounds my first time, 45. And I, I just kept going all summer. And and every couple of weeks, I'd crank her down a bit more and crank her down a bit more until finally yeah. I had that thing bottomed out. Because I, I was told a long time ago, a bottomed out bow will be a lot more accurate, more consistent than one that is let off. That is true. And to answer your question, so yeah, so the price point that you're kind of looking at is between... 600 to about seven, 800 bucks is kind of that price range to have like a good foundation of a bow. And that's arrows included, ready to shoot, ready to go. 
No, that's just the bow. So the full price with arrows release in that, you're probably about, say, 1500 bucks. Yeah, are you really it. serious? Oh, yeah. Well, now you just discouraged everybody from shooting bow ever again. Taxes is a big deal too, right? So, yeah, because everybody's like, "Oh, eight hundred bucks—that's not bad." And then they come in and they just see that's just the bow price or whatever. It's just, yeah, because when you get into those higher end bows, they're starting at like. 1200 1300 yep. or if you go if you are a hoyt guy like that's all you shoot that's all your buddy shoots are hoyts you're and you want the highest but you're looking at 2300 bucks just for a bow yeah that's bare nothing on it and every day everything inflation is real we got supply yeah, chain true. issues but you know what i mean <laughs> i'm all about <laughs> the commitment right if your commitment to to the process committed to the, the hobby if you're you're not buying a new bull every year. I've had my Hoyt Vectrix now since I don't even know how long. It's 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 so old, but it, it it's what I like. I'm not going to get there. And it's the same thing with a shotgun or, or anything else. If you want to invest, it you treat it like an investment, and and you're not going to go wrong in my mind. You know, if you buy the best you can afford, and uh, you, you buy it once, as opposed to having to buy something a little bit cheaper that you may not want. Now you have to worry about selling it, and 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 so. That's I mean, true. And that's, that's a selling factor too. This bow that you're talking about, Evan, it's adjustable. So you're able to sell it where you get one of them flagship yeah. bows. It's pretty much, you're going with this draw length, this weight. Now you're a yep. little more, your, your market just got a lot smaller trying to sell this thing. If you want to yep. upgrade is you yeah, got to go draw sure, length. Then you got to think there's like, okay, I bought this bow brand new how many years ago. And it's just like how your bow is, Todd, the your Michael Waddell point that you have. Yeah. It's just like, it's that bow. It's just like, okay, but like, how old is this bow now? It's just like. Yeah, I, ain't gonna, I can't really sell it because I got such a short draw length. And anybody with my draw length can't pull 70 pounds. <laughs> so, no, so they're all pulling 80 pounds now. Oh, Todd. shut up. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> Bring Everybody it. who has easily a 26 and a half. 27 to maybe 27 and a half inch draw length on average they are pulling 70 or more see i'm pulling 73 but i my next upgrade will be 80 and like or 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 higher i get them big game limbs because you're right you need the speed and it's tough to get well you don't need do you, the speed do you really need the speed I, well that's what do, you, what do you need speed for if you're not shooting over i'm, 70 I'm years? rolling 292 feet per second i'm a, i don't want to go much less than that because i don't so here's my theory but you're going to get evan's real take on it so my theory is that the faster the bow the less arc you got right so the less oops because now yep. you're you're taking that 20 yards and you're flattening that curve so at 30 yards there's a less curve, like your pins would be a lot tighter, 20 to 30 with a really, really fast bow versus a slower bow. You got a lot more gap. So it's a lot more room for mistake, right? If, if you miss at that 20 yard, that arrow's flat, flat enough. It's like a crossbow. It's, it's, it's shooting flatter. And now they're getting speeds up there that are insane. But I found my first bow was, was fairly slow and so, okay, but it was an intro bow. It was like, like Evan said, it was adjustable. I knew I could resell it and, and I did. I knew I, I had all of these options. Plus I was going to grow with the bow. I was going to get stronger maybe. And I guess I wasn't at 20 going to get a, 
a longer draw length, but I wanted the resale factor, but I was going to get stronger. So I was going to crank it down more. But once I've got all of that established, okay, now I can go to this flagship bow, get it cranked right down. I know what I could shoot. I know my draw length and everything. And, and then it's got, I was able to get a faster bow because now it's 70 pounds, 73 pounds, I think is what it, it actually pulled to with a brand new string. And I'm a 26 and a half inch draw length. So I lose an inch or two inches from a normal draw length, which my father-in-law is rolling 28 and a half. That's that, that arrow's now on that string for an extra two inches. That's more speed coming off of that than I'm going to be able to give it. So I wanted to buy a bow that had a faster IBO rating so that I could flatten that that curve. And that made me more accurate because now just a little bit of a twitch with a slower bow, you're really going to notice it a little bit of a twitch with a faster bow. It takes that away. It's still a mistake, but it takes it away a little bit. And the faster, the faster, the faster, the less mistake. Now on the flip side of that, you get too quick because now you go, well, these bows that are like laser fast, like 360 feet per second, they got little short brace. So that, that arrows on that string even longer. And it's coming into such a short range where your hand is that you torque it a little bit. When that arrow leaves that string, it's going to torque a little bit. You got, you got less forgiveness on that short brace height when that sucker comes in. So, but the, this, the trade-off is a lot more speed. So it, it's, it, it, you got to play the game. And so that's why I, I, I chose my bow very carefully, my poundage and everything. And I was able to get 292 out of it, which I was impressed. Hoyt's not known for speed bows are known for accuracy and forgiveness. And so in my mind, so that's why I went with that. But so from, from your side, Evan, and packaging and fitting this out, a new shooter, a new hunter, you would say, be prepared taxes in out the door around $1,500 and you're going to be shooting bow. Now, after that, provided yeah. you don't lose arrows, there's the beauty of it. Unlike our trap shooting sport bill or shotgunning sport, there's no additional costs after the fact for the most part. You no, shoot the same arrows over and, over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. You yep. don't have to go buy ammo. So that's the trade-off, right? Shotgunning, you're spending a lot of money on shells that that just bang. They yeah. go bang. <laughs> it's, yeah. Because so, right now, actually, it. while I'm talking with you guys, I'm in my, I'm pretty much in my workspace with archery that I have here at home. Like I have my workbench, I have all my arrows, my fletchings, my everything. I'm looking at, I don't know, eight years worth of arrows sitting in front of me that I can still shoot. Eight years worth. See, and, and then it, on the on on my lifestyle talk for anybody that wants to get into it, it becomes a lifestyle, a hobby. Like you, Evan, at home, you're bored. What are you going to yeah. do? Well, you can watch TV. You play video games or I can go refletch some arrows or I can maybe go, you know, put speed balls on my string or I can, you know, go put a new peep on or redo the whatever. Right. It becomes that oh. that that hobby. You play with it. Right. Yeah. Most of the times I was like, especially like Monday nights or whatever, I watch like Monday night football, throw it on the TV, have the fletching jigs rocking and just build, I don't know, a dozen, dozen arrows, whatever. Well, I'm just watching a football game. Like, so it is, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it's a lifestyle. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right on. Well, I hate to say it. We're at an hour and eight minutes, Bill. <laughs> I think we're going to have to leave the, 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 the story, Evan. The would you come story. back and grace us with some stories? I I can come back and grace you with plenty of stories. I can go pretty much archery nerd on you here if you really wanted me to. 
So I think right. we, if, if you'll come back, I want to go yeah. and I, 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 I'm being selfish, Bill, dad, you guys can counteract me, but I'd like to go down the 3d path and talk about 3d shooting, what opportunities yeah, sure. are out there and why it's so cool. Cause I, I've done a, a little bit of it, but I know Evan's into it and where's redneck mm-hmm. country hat everywhere he goes and, and, and maybe just have a, have a redneck country Jersey this summer. But so, and, and you travel, Evan, you go down to the States and do the Reinhardt 100 and all that fun stuff. So there's stories there and I don't want to steal any thunder for the next podcast that we bring you on. But then also you just happened to have bow hunted and shot a monster this year that we want to hear that story and maybe share that oh, yeah. picture. I absolutely want to hear that story. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, if we still had time, I would tell you that story because it was. I think it's a cliffhanger. I think we'd bring you back if you'll come back. It'd be yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Oh, I'll definitely come back. Like I said, we can do the whole hunting story, 3D road. And then if people are still interested in it, I can go come back and do a whole archery nerd thing and all that. I like it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I like some, it. some topics and uh, some conversation points for another podcast. Yeah. I, like that too. I think so. Oh, yeah. So close this off and say, look, we, we, there is absolutely no ties with us in Antler River. There is ties with us in Sasquatch because he's one of us <laughs> and has been forever. So it, it is a benefit to have him yeah. on and, and, and have him as a buddy. He is a genuine dude. And I, I, again, no ties to Antler River, but folks, if you want a bow, you want to go down and, and even just shoot there or and figure anything out, go see the man. You can even at, just at come Antler down River. and talk and pick my brain. I really don't care. Absolutely. I'll gladly, I'll gladly give you guys any tips you need or anything like that. You can pretty much know who I am. I'm the biggest dude in the building. And of course, I got the redneck country hat on my head. Whoop, whoop. You know, yeah. you're going to know. I mean, you walk in and if you, you get a neck cramp, just try to say hi. So <laughs> you, you're going to know who he is. So absolutely go down Delaware, Ontario, Antler River. Again, we're not tied. We're not affiliated. We're not plugging. We're not getting nothing for this. Straight up uh, looking out for mm-hmm. Evan because he's a good dude. He, he, redneck country. We, we're only good dudes, man. Some of us are a little bit cocky and arrogant, but we can get over that. Yeah, we try to tame those guys down a little bit, but it's tough. <laughs> it was nice to meet you. I'm trying my best. He's just, I'm trying to hit him on the head, but he's not getting any shorter because that's as short as he gets. That's pretty yeah. hard. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, Evan. Say hi to Merry Christmas to Brittany for us, and Merry Christmas to your little one. Have a good one. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Right on. Merry Christmas. Thanks again. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Evan. Merry Sasquatch. Christmas, we'll talk. Nice talking to you, Evan. Yeah, you too, Bill. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.